Welcome to Bear Creek AG's online service podcast. We're so glad that you tuned in with us today. We upload a new service every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. So we look forward to having you tune in with us again. Here's today's message. Is that okay? All right, praise God. You may be seated in the house. I know I've already greeted you and wonder what's going on. I just, Lord, impressed it on my heart with the nature of this message today to just open up with a praise song. I didn't tell Miss Christy what to sing. I always leave that up to her. I know uh, that uh, she's praised about what we do, and it just is interesting how this lines up with what I'm preaching today. Uh, but I just feel today, the Lord just told me this week, just pressed me to start off with a song, present the word, and then open up the altars. And before we could even get done with the first song, somebody came down. And that's fine, because if you're a guest here, or you haven't been here in a while, or you want to understand what's going on, the Bible says, if there's anyone sick among you, what are they supposed to do? Are they supposed to sit there and be sick? Are they supposed to whine about their condition? Are they supposed to expect somebody to call? No, no, no. It says... Call, you call, you come for the elders of the church that they lay hands on you and made the prayer of faith bring saving. May it save you or heal you in the name of Jesus. And so we've already had one healing today. Is that really all we got today? We've already had a healing. I believe by faith we prayed. We prayed the prayer of faith and we laid hands and anointed her. And I'm just believing that. Yes, you call me crazy if you want to. I believe the word. I don't agree. Hey, we're not people of sight. Paul tells us 2 Corinthians, come on, my Bible study group Wednesday night. It was there, chapter 5. We don't live by sight. We don't live by what we see. We live by what this Word says. We live by faith. And that's what makes us whole. Come on, somebody. And we didn't come here to play church today. We came here to have church today. Turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. As you do. I know I made some announcements, but I just want to remind you that next Sunday is like, is like one of the biggest Sundays in our church every year. And where did October go? And where's November gone? This Thanksgiving coming a little bit earlier than normal this year. Amen? I mean, I'm, I'm ready for all the turkey and the dressing. Of course, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have what are we having this year, sweetheart? Brisket. We're going to have brisket. I'm still doing a turkey, though. I'm not going to be rebellious. But we're going to have brisket uh, at our dinner this year uh, with our family. But, uh, hey... Point of the matter is, we're here on, on our celebration of praise service next week. And just want you to know, if you did not get your praise card, it's in the foyer. But this is just a reminder. I hope you got, you can fill it out on here in bullet point. Normally, you guys write real big, long letters. The idea of the day of praise is we're giving God, we're thanking God in your personal life, everything that He's done for you this past year. That, that might be a long letter for some of y'all. You, you say, we only, we only give thanks. For, no, this is our way. It's a celebration of praise. We're going to celebrate everything God's done in this church this past year. You, you're going to be surprised. We've got some testimonies next week of what God has done in some people's lives. God is doing miracles in our church. Please do not ever take that for granted. This is not my message, but I'm just telling you, as we become the first century church and we start leaning on the Holy Spirit to move through us and we believe by faith and we act in the power of the Holy Spirit, it says that signs and wonders are supposed to follow us. I'm ready for signs and wonders to follow us, and they are. Come on, I promise you. I said this last couple weeks. I know I'm lipping. That's the, that's, the, that's the preaching stick, as I call it. If you want to preach, you've got to use the stick. But I'm telling you, God is moving. This is not drugs. I'm not on any kind of medication other than ibuprofen right now. I promise you. I, I'm just believing uh, that God is going to continue to work at our church, and He has. You need to be here. 
Can I be honest? You need to be here as we do water baptisms. We're going to celebrate people getting saved in our church next week. All right? If you haven't been water baptized, you need to sign up in the foyer. We're going to celebrate by listening to people's testimonies of what God's done. And we're going to give Him praise and we're going to celebrate it. We're going to have a party next week. There's a party, to use that secular song. There's a party going around around here. Come on. We're going to celebrate the goodness of the Lord. All right. So that is there available. We will also uh, be taking up our annual sacrifice of praise offering. Offering. If you're not a part of church, you don't know what that is, you've been a while, you've not been here, or you're new. That's where I just ask you, I'm not asking for equal giving, I'm asking for equal sacrifice. Some of y'all don't have a lot to give, but you pray about God, what can I give? You give it out of faith. Some of y'all have a lot of give. You need to be praying. Don't be stingy praying about what God... I'm not asking you to give a certain amount. I've already prayed. I know what I'm giving. I'm just asking you to be praying, be praying and open. But everybody can give something. You say, well, Pastor, what is this going to? It's going to go to what we took up last year for our sacrifice praise. We're going to put a, a I call it the Grady Glen Hood... Uh, 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 pavilion, recreational pavilion, but we want to add a pavilion on the back of our, our shop out here like it is on the front, and it's going to look similar to what's on the front. We want to do that. We, we, we feel like that's what we need to do uh, f- for our church, for activities and things like that, but regardless, you just, you just need to be a part of that. You can by giving. Giving. Last year, we took up almost $10,000. That's awesome. We add that to what we gave last year. We'll be able to put this thing up in no time and and, uh, and, just, and just be able to work. What, what is God doing for us next? Because let me tell you something. When you look at this church in the last 12 years, outside of our widow mites, I want to give them glory and credit rather. They worked hard my first two years. They helped us get the hallways done. And then we jumped in and started doing sacrifice of praise offerings. And our driveway, our buildings, uh, carpet, uh, you name it, everything we've done, the back part, the overcut, that's all been the concrete up front. That's all been done because of your faithfulness in giving. And this is the only time you're going to hear me push it. I didn't really push it last week, and I'm not pushing it next week. You're here. Uh, let's come prepared to give. It's not your tithes and offerings. It's not a sacrifice from tithes and offerings. It's, this is an offering above and beyond what you normally give. And I know that uh, if you're praying, God will lay it on your heart. And I'm not here to bash you or make you feel guilty or persuade you, or do anything like that to make you give. I just want you to be honest and listen to what the Lord may say to you. Amen? Fair enough? And lastly, about next week is this. Next afternoon, our Sunday afternoon, we're going to turn this into a dining hall. We're going to take the chairs down. We're going to put tables up here, decorations in our community. We're reaching out to our community. If you know somebody that's in a bad way right now, we're going to serve a hot Thanksgiving meal that day. We want them to come and just have a meal with them. Why not? It's Thanksgiving. But they're going to be able to leave with a gift box, including a turkey. Well, what we're doing this year is give a certificate for a turkey instead of them having to carry it home. But the point is, they'll have everything they need. Amen? You can be a part of that. How can you be a part of that? Simply by signing up in the foyer. You can love on these people, serve. You can also give by supporting a family. $25 is a sponsorship for one family. That's all it takes. We give them turkey, pie, everything they need for a Thanksgiving meal. If you want to be a part of that, you can give through the offering or through tithing. Okay. I think we've paid all of our bills today. Amen? I don't want to quench the spirit. You guys just need to know what's going on. And sometimes during the, during the, the uh, video announcement, you aren't paying attention. You're greeting each other. That's the, that's the disadvantage of having that right before the service starts. I don't know. Maybe we need to change it right before I preach. I don't know. But that's okay. I want you to be aware of what's going on in your church. It's going to be a big weekend next weekend. It's going to be fun. I'm not preaching next week. You can say we had such a good service, a preacher didn't even preach. And you, I know y'all love saying that. 
I know, I know, I know. Praise God. Well, over in Acts chapter 2, let's see. Oh, I forgot one more thing. My goodness, Tony T's. Tony T's, you are, you are, you need to look at your notes. I'm just, just uh, not paying, I am, I'm not paying attention. This is what I want us to do. Um, it's odd how Veterans Day fell this year. It always falls on the 11th, and you try to pick the Sunday to do it, and, and uh, I chose to do it this Sunday, and I don't want to just go through the motions with this. Um, but if you have served in any capacity in our military, or if you're active military, I want you to stand. I want you to stand. All my military active served in some way in the military. Go ahead and stand. It's all right. It's all right. Hi. Don't sit down. Don't sit down. Don't sit down. That's awesome. Don't sit down. Don't sit down. Don't sit down, please. Um, first, that was a spontaneous, and I appreciate that so very much. Um, to you men and women, from me personally, uh, thank you. I'm a, I'm a son of a veteran for 28 years. I know a little bit of the sacrifice that you made by being away from your family and serving remotely and putting yourself in harm's way, being on the front line every day to make sure that we can do what we do here. As a country, we have dishonored you in so many ways. I can't fix that. All I can say is I'm sorry, sincerely, and that you you have a special place in my heart for your service. I could make a big production, and we have, and we usually give gifts. Every, every three years I give a gift out to you guys because it's just hard to find gifts that say veterans on. I've given out Bibles, I've given out medallions, but honestly, I want you to hear the words of your pastor, your friend. You saw the applause of, of this body. You are appreciated, and I tip my hat to you, and I thank you for all that you've done to make this nation Great. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. I thought about getting all the, uh, all the songs from all the different branches and play them and have you guys march up here and stand. But you, I'll be honest with you, 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 I've not seen a veteran yet that really, they, you appreciate us appreciating you but you're never comfortable with taking any kind of praise. And um, that just shows your heart, your humility. And seriously, thank you so much for your service. Amen. Thank you for your service. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Now, Acts chapter 2. It's kind of a different service today, but I like the feel. I like the feel. How many of y'all are cold? Nobody cold. I dare ask, how many of y'all are hot? Got too few people hot? Take your, take your sweatshirts off. Are you, excuse me, young guys, are, are, y'all aren't menopausal or anything. Are you going, okay, I just want to, y'all, parents, you can explain that to them later. All right, so you know what? I got the perfect congregation for this message today because you're all lukewarm. So you're, it's perfect, perfect for this message today. Amen. Uh, you can tell that your pastor is feeling good today. I wasn't this morning. I wasn't this morning. I came in here as the worship team was worshiping and the Spirit of God came upon me. Seriously, I feel good. 
I feel good. We'll see what the message turns out, all right? I feel good. All right. Well, we're here in Acts chapter 2. If, if, I say this because uh, you probably noticed that maybe my preaching style's changed a little bit. I, I've been not doing as many subject matters uh, like, hey, we're studying love, we're studying grace. I've really been doing what they call expository preaching. Expository preaching is when you go through and you preach it verse by verse. And, and re, I don't know, I think, can I be honest with you? Uh, I, only you can answer this question, or our God could, honestly. I think what's happened to me personally is what God did to me last January during our fasting and praying time, which is coming up, by the way. I know Christmas, Thanksgiving, don't talk about fasting, Pastor. Well, it's coming up in January. I'm actually going to have a class starting in a couple weeks on Wednesday nights on fasting, so keep your eyes open to that. Um, but I think what's happened is, is God's changed me in a good way. I don't want to say I'm maturing, because you can tell I'm still like a kid, but I think that's okay, too. But I, I just sense that we need to do what we're doing right now so we don't miss anything. And the reality is, it's going to take us a year to go through the book of Acts. Now, I'm going, to, I'm going to change up and do themes. We're going to do like Christmas themes during Christmas, so I haven't changed that. Uh, during the fasting and praying, we'll probably do something different. I'll pick up when we're done there, but I just feel like we need, to, we need this. We, we need to, to be the first century church and, and see how they operated. And I don't think we need to pass. There's nothing in here that's just in here to fill. It's in here for a reason. Every word. It is in here for a reason. And we have to work at understanding what the Lord God Almighty, the Lion and the Lamb, Jesus, the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us. So in this, uh, we're going to pick up where we left off last week. You know, if you notice and remember right, the Holy Spirit had fallen. Uh, the 120 were filled with the Holy Spirit. With There's wind, there's fire, they spoke in tongues. While they're, while they're praising God in tongues, not understanding what they're saying, uh, somewhere along the lines, a group of over 3,000 people hear them. Now, there's some thought that maybe after they was filled with the Holy Spirit, it was a ninth hour of the day, maybe they went to the temple. And there they were praising God in tongues. We don't know. It doesn't say. I, but they're in an upper room. They're heard by three. Think about this. If you've ever been to Jerusalem, those, those, those city streets aren't very big for 3,000 people. It's probably these guys, these ladies and men were gone to the temple to pray after being filled with the Holy Spirit. And while they're there, they're still, they're still praising God in tongues that they don't know. Regardless of where it's at, there's over, there's over 3,000 people that hear them in languages they shouldn't know, but they understand. And if you remember right, the question was, the first people said, hey, Pert group said, these guys are drunk. And Peter says, nah, they're not drunk. And I gave you the message last week that Peter, Peter, Peter preached, right? He said, no, th this, they're not drunk. And they said, well, then what does this mean? That's the question the world's asking. That's the question we have to answer. What does it mean when we come together as a body of Christ? When we come together, we worship. When we as Pentecostals come together and the, and the Spirit falls and we have gifts and operation, there's a gift and operation today. We often think that tongues and interpretation is the only gift. I'm thankful for that gift, but there are there are words of wisdom, words of knowledge. There's faith right there. We had faith that I believe healing in Dee's body. There's a reason why the, 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 Pentecost, the Pentecostal churches have, have a sense of growing right now. It's because the world is in disarray. We just went through, uh, uh, of course, here locally, Hurricane Michael. We've gone through COVID, and now we've got war in Russia. And if you know anything about the Bible, that's falling right into the last day's prophecy. Keep your eyes over there. All right, don't forget little Kim, though. Don't keep your eyes off little Kim. 
over there in North Korea because he's trying to, this is all wars and rumors of wars and they're going to get more and more and increase and increase. And, and yes, and, and so what does this mean? We have to be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to understand the word of God so that when those who are unbelieving, those who are weak in their faith, they come to you and say, what you, what's going on? What does this mean? We've got to be like Peter, full of the Holy Spirit. We, we need to speak. What's going on? We need to tell them. And we go to the Word of God. And that's where Peter went. This is what the prophet Joel said. And he begins to explain. I'm not here to repeat that message. We're going to end that message today, though. And so he goes to the Word of God. And he goes through the person of Christ. And he goes through the, the plan. To how, uh, 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 this was God's idea. This was Jesus approved by God. Because he said, this is my son. But because of the miracles he performed, it was evidence. And then he goes through all of this and brings it upon them. That Now you've got, you've got to do something with this. And when we present the gospel in love, but in boldness, it, it, we're going to see what happens to the people. I believe this. This is the model God has given us through the Holy Spirit. As I was studying this, and I mentioned this last week, and if you didn't listen to the message, if you weren't here, please go back. I don't, I'm not big on listening to myself, because when I hear myself, if you're like me, you know, you hear yourself like, ooh, yeah, I hear where maybe I missed something or messed something up, or said something weird, or you know how that is. But I'm telling you, if you go in there and get your app and read that, it's, it's powerful. And what the Lord laid on my heart was this. What the Holy Spirit impressed upon me most about that section of Scripture is that when Peter was baptized in the Holy Spirit... Now listen, I said that this last week and I'm going to quantify it. Don't get your feelings hurt. Nobody. Nobody. Get your feelings hurt. But when he came out of that room, whether the people were there in the streets or he went to the temple, which, whichever, whichever it was, what I find is that he was empowered by the Holy Spirit and he became a witness... Which is what Jesus said would happen in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Look back at chapter 1 verse 8 with me for a minute. This is, this, this, is, this is beautiful how the scriptures come together. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. Where? First in Jerusalem. Right? Judea. All of Judea. Samaria. And to the ends of the earth. When the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Yes, I believe you will, you will have tongues as, as evidence. I believe you'll be given a prayer language that you need to operate within because that's where the battles fall. But I just want to remind my Pentecostal brothers and sisters that the first thing it says you're going to do is you're going to be a witness with how you live your life, with what you say to people. See, that's kind of the problem the, the American church has today. The Pentecostal church has today. We come in here and we speak in tongues and we work in this operation, what have you. And then you, you, you guys go home and you, and you talk ugly to your wives. You, you, you dog cuss them. I hope that wasn't my wife saying that, so I need to repent. <laughs> we go out here and we entertain things we ought not entertain. We act like the world and not like God's kids. Think about this. If your kids acted like you do sometimes and as an adult, how do you think God feels about how you act? See my point? When they don't do what you want them to do, for you that have toddlers, how do you feel when your kids, your toddlers, you go out to lunch and they throw their food and they scream and they holler and all that kind of stuff? A little embarrassing, isn't it? 
think God feels that way about us sometimes. I'm not here to bring condemnation. I'm here just to make revelation to you. And so what happens is we claim one thing and then we go live something else. And then the people are saying, well, you're no different than we are. Hear the message? You hear what God's saying? I know. Trust me. We need the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can be witnesses. So that when someone's down, we don't, we don't join their gloom, despair, and agony on me. And say, we say, brother, I understand you're down. You're going through a hard time. I want to pray with you because I believe God's promises are yes and amen. You're hurting in your body? Let me pray for you. Come on. You know what? You're having a hard time financially. Let me, give you, let me help you out. He came out of that encounter with the Holy Spirit as a, as a witness. As a witness. And I think that's something that we have to understand. We are commissioned by Jesus to be witnesses. But to do that, we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our lives. There's no way you can be a witness that Jesus wants you to be without it. Everything Jesus, I know you say, well, Pastor, you've said this the last two or three weeks. I want to drill it into your skull and your mind that at night you can't help but remember. Maybe we need to get t-shirts. It's just too much to put on there. But listen to me. Everything that Jesus commanded his disciples to do in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Everything he commanded them to do, love your neighbor as yourself, turn the other cheek. Everything, be salt, be light. Everything he commanded them to do, take up your cross and follow me, lay your life down. Everything, he knew they couldn't do it without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit. He said, so it's expedient, why? That I leave so my Father can send the promise of the Holy Spirit. Why? So that you can be empowered to be the witnesses I've called you. It is about preaching the Word, but it's also about living the Word. I can tell you, when Jesus says, turn the other cheek, he's talking about revenge. You've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, I said, you turn the other cheek when someone done something wrong to you. You don't try to go get it even. You don't try to get revenge. What you do is say, Lord, I'm leaving it up to you to get revenge. I'm turning the other cheek. I'm not going to be like them. You can't do that without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You cannot do that. When it says, love your neighbor as yourself, that's a sacrificial kind of love. Look what you do for yourself. Look how you treat yourself. Look how you buy for yourself. Look how you feed yourself. Look how all you clothe it all. That's a sign that you love and you care yourself. There's no way you could do that because the, the flesh, the nature says, no, my, 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 my. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, He lets you see things from a spiritual standpoint that says, no, it's not mine. It's His. And so therefore, when He tells me to give it, I give it. You can't do that without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I know I sound like an old-time Pentecostal, but maybe they got it right back then. Maybe they had it right. You're going to find in days to come and weeks to come. It'll probably be next year. They sold everything and gave it to the needy. Because why? They were empowered by the Holy Spirit. They saw things from the heavenly perspective and not from the fleshly perspective. I can tell you, every day you need to be refilled because every day the flesh wants to pick up its head and the enemy wants to tempt you in ways that you don't need to be tempted. You need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. To live the life that is a witness. You cannot be salt and light. I've seen some of y'all driving down 23rd Street. I've heard how some of y'all have talked about people. I know what you say about me because it comes back to me. It's all right, I love you. 
But the only way I can love you because I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit to, to look beyond your faults, beyond your sin, just like you ought to be doing with me and being patient with me as I'm patient with you. But that don't happen without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Without it, the flesh comes in and you start talking negative stuff. You start being critical. You start complaining. You start becoming divisive in the church and the body of Christ. For long. And I'm not saying we had any problems. This is preventive medicine. We've got a great church. I believe that. But we can work at being better and being more like Christ. Because the fact of the matter is, none of us, not even I, I'm Christ right now. But yet we're commanded to be transformed. You can't do that in your flesh. You can't even do it with your willpower. You know why? Look at us. Think about the things you want to change in your life. You, you have the will to do it, but you can't do it. Why? You need the power of the Holy Spirit. Whether it's, whether it's anger... Whether it's your mouth, you speak in death, cussing. Can I just settle the argument about whether we should cuss or not? No. Go to the book of James. Just read the book of James. Start speaking life. Speak life. Come on. Come on. I honestly don't think Jesus would be going around using words that are offensive to our ears. If you do, I, we need to talk. I don't think Jesus had to go down and buy a Harley to minister to the bikers. So guys, quit saying that to your wives, okay? You got to buy a Harley, all right? Did you hear the heart? I know I'm kind of meddling right now, but I feel, I feel like these are things I need to say to us today. Where much is given, much is required. Amen? Much is, I got so much more, but I'll move on. I'll move on. Oh, boy, I'm skipping a lot. Man, that's okay. Amen. Without the empowerment of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you won't be able to do what Peter did. And think about what Peter did. He got up and he told the people, over 3,000, we don't know how many were there, we just know how many got saved, that they killed Jesus. Think about the message. You killed Jesus. Without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, he couldn't do that. We don't even hear that message in the churches today, do we? Think about the message we hear in the churches today. That, that's not a seeker-friendly message, is it? That's not a bridge-building message. That's the message of the gospel, though, isn't it? And when he preached it, what happened? There was a response, see? There's a response. Look at verse 37 of Acts chapter 2. When the people heard this, what did they hear? The message that I just reviewed for, for you guys, that, that they killed Jesus. He was the Son of God, but there, it was part of God's plan from the beginning. All right, But you need to be responsible for your sin. Go back and listen to the message. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. When's the last time you was cut to the heart when the word of God was read or preached? And said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what do we do? We've gone from what does this mean to, okay, well now we've got an understanding of what this means, but now with what you've told us, with this message of the gospel that we're killers, that we killed the Son of God, but it's part of God's plan, and, and we're supposed to be responsible for our sin. Uh, we're, we're used to the old covenant. We know how to do it under the old covenant, but you're telling us that's not, that's not the plan anymore. So now tell us what we should do. When they heard this question, they were cut to the heart. It means they were, that means there was a quick, deep cut of the Holy Spirit, and it prompted them to have to respond to what was said. And Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, gives them 
part two of this message and says God has something for everybody. That's what this message says. That's why I entitled the message. It is God has something for everyone. This is for everyone even today. This message, the power. That's why I entitled this series Power for Today. It's not just back for the apostles. It's true today. If there's ever been a day that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ needs power to be a witness that needs the signs and wonders to follow. It's in the day that we're living today where people are following a false religion all over this world and they don't know the living God. They're going to burn in hell one day if we don't get the message out. We need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to be the witness that God has called us to be. Good news is that there's no one here this morning who's too far from the grace of God. If you're here this morning, you feel like you've done too many bad things, it's not too late. This is for you. There's no room in this, there, excuse me, there's no one in this room that God cannot work in your life. If you're here today and you feel like that you've done some bad things, that your life is so full, your history, your past is limited. No, there's nothing in your past that's going to prevent you. This message is for you today. There's no one here today that, that God can't use in amazing ways. I want you to understand, we know through the scripture that before you was ever born, God knew that you were going to be here. We know from the scriptures it says that, that He had a plans laid out for you before you was ever born, works that He had laid out for you for His glory, for His kingdom that is for you he has something for you today it's not too late this message is for you there's no one here today that god doesn't love and want to bless i know god loves us just the way we are thank god there's nothing you can do to make god love you anymore there's nothing you can do to make god love you any less he loves you the way you are but he loves you so much he doesn't want to leave you the way you are we have to hear this today church if God's got a plan for my life, He's got a plan for your life, He wants to use us, then we have to surrender ourselves for Him to use us the way He wants to. We have to surrender. Something the church doesn't understand what surrender means. Everybody wants life insurance. No one wants to go to hell. How many of y'all want to go to hell? Raise your hands. And how many of y'all struggle submitting yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Yeah. Yeah, it's a struggle every day. That's why Paul says, every day what I do, I beat my body black and blue to the submission of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because my flesh says, I want to do this and I want to do that. But the Word of God says, you shouldn't do that. Or the Holy Spirit says, you should go here and not here. We have to understand there's a battle going on. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome that. If you want to know, did that hurt? Yes, it hurt. I would show you the bruising next week, but I hope it's gone. But suddenly my knee doesn't hurt anymore. Who told me that? Paul, you're right. My knee does not hurt anymore. I need to go slam my finger in the door next, I think. He told me earlier, he just, when he had a problem one time, he'd hit his leg to, so he'd forget that. Anyways, it's, it's, anyways. I don't know if that was the Holy Spirit or not. That hurt. Ah. When they heard the answer of the question, what does this mean? They were cut to the heart, what my point is. They're cut to the heart. You may have walked in this house today hopeless today. But I believe you're going to leave here full of hope because this is for you. This is for everybody. And let's look at three quick things and we're going to go back to worship and we're going to open up the altars for you today. I believe God wants to do a work in here today. First thing Peter says is for everyone is that everyone needs to repent. Everyone. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter replied, Repent. Repent. 
The word used here for repent means to change one's mind and purpose. In the Greek, it means to change your mind and your purpose. Repentance is not just feeling sorry for what you've done. Repentance is not feeling sorry because you got caught. How many of y'all, how many of y'all have ever felt sorry before you got caught? What, what does this mean? Well, let's just let's use a scenario. Let's just a make-believe scenario for a minute. Let's say this guy, we'll, we'll just call him Glenn. One day he, he's, he, he's hungry on Sunday, and during Sunday school, he goes to the toddler room and he gets into the toddler snack box and he eats their <laughs> snacks. And we've got cameras up, and of course, then the, the workers come and say, Pastor, all of our snacks are gone, but we had them here Wednesday, we know. Did you eat them? And I say, No, I would never eat the toddler snacks. Forgive me, Lord, I have. <laughs> Your pastor gets hungry during the week sometimes. And, and so we see on camera that it was Glenn, this guy. This is just, just, we're just going with this name being Glenn. And so Glenn comes and he, sorry for eating the toddler snacks. But then the next Sunday he goes back and does it again. <laughs> That's not being sorry and repentive. He didn't change his way of thinking. He didn't turn from his sin, did he? He was just sorry he got caught. And the next week he went and covered up the camera. So anyways... <laughs> There, there's your example of what I'm talking about here. That's not repentance. The word used here for repent, it means to change one's mind. It means to turn away from your sin, change your mind about what you're doing. That is sin, and we turn to God. I know this is a very simple message. This is expository preaching. I think it's, a, I think it's very relevant for today. Very relevant for, uh, relevant for today. Okay? I think it really, really is. You're turning from sin, if that's sin... And that's God. I'm turning from that to God. I'm just, I'm turning. I, I, you turn from your thoughts. I'm not going to think that way. I, if I got a critical spirit, I'm going to quit being critical. If, if I got a lustful uh, uh, attitude or a disposition, I, I'm going to change that. If, if I got greed, whatever, if, if I'm, whatever it is, I'm going to quit, quit thinking that way. And I'm going to think the way God says I should think. I know this is very simple. But you've got to do this. You have to do this. It's, it's uh, turning away from actions, your actions, to God actions. You're turning away from sin and turning to God and changing your purpose in life. You're going from being making the purpose about what you like, what you want, and your preferences to submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and what He wants, what His purpose is for you, see. There's no, nothing wrong with having plans. There's nothing wrong with having a plan. I think, it's, I think it's relevant. I think it's very important that we just don't walk la, 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 through life. But it's, it's submitting those plans and those dreams to God and allowing Him to speak into you and change them. You say that, well, wait a minute. If I'm, what, how is that sin? If you're not following God's will for your life, then you're living in sin. You're walking in disobedience, which is sin. See, not all sin is, you know, cussing, chewing, drinking, chucking, chewing, going with girls who do, right? That's some sin, a lot of sin, is just not walking in obedience to God. Yes, those are part of it, but it's just walking in obedience to God, okay? That, that's what we have to do. God will, God will forgive you. He'll save you. He'll extend His grace to you when you repent. And He will change your purpose for living. He will give your life, give you life, and a life with purpose, which is part of what we exist for. 
I know I haven't hit on this, and when I do, y'all get tired of it. But you got to understand, why do we come together? Why do we have an entity called uh, the Bear Creek Assembly of God? It's very simple. Right here it is. That's why it's in every foyer. That's why I have it in here every morning. I want you to understand that we're here, we exist, so that we reach the lost. We want them to be able to what? Because they're all, they're, everybody matters to God. We want them to, you are the person who should be introducing them to God every day. Through your words, through your actions. And when I say words, it's more than just words of encouragement. It's words that you go to them and you talk to them about the Lord. Then when you reach them for the kingdom, and they can get saved at these altars. I pray there's someone here today that gets saved. Seriously, you can bring them here. But we want them to be, we want to be a place people meet God. Why? So they can find freedom. What are they finding freedom from? Their past. Their sin. Addiction. See? Good. Stay. Got it trained. And then why? Once you discover your purpose, life starts makes sense to you. Why you were created. It's all right, brother. I don't need it. I really don't. It's amazing how I can come in here on Sunday mornings and not need that crazy thing. I'm thankful for it. But during the week, I, it's, just, it's, it's God. I'm telling you, it's God. Now, I'm not going to be jumping off this platform anytime soon. It's good, brother. It doesn't want to stand. Just lay it down. <laughs> brother, you do not have the power over that. I do. I told her to stay. But thank you. Thank you for serving your pastor. We want them to find, discover purpose. Why? So they can make a difference. How? In their calling. It seems very elementary, but it's true. That's why we exist. And that's, that's why we have to understand repentance is important. When we repent, God forgives us and He changes our purpose. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation. Godly sorrow says, I'm wrong. I repent of my sin, what I'm doing, my attitude, and I'm changing my thought, and I'm turning to you. That, that brings salvation, Paul says here in 2 Corinthians, and leaves no regret. How many of y'all are regretful that you serve in God today? How many of y'all are regretful that you've repented of your sins today? How many of y'all are regretful that you have God moving in your life today? How many of y'all are regretful that God is ordering your steps today? Great. You just, you just have proof that Paul is correct on the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But... Anytime there's a but, forget what was just said. In general, in theory, worldly sorrow brings death. Worldly sorrow says, I'm sorry I did what I did. I'm uh, sorry I got caught for doing what I did. Worldly sorrow says, I'm sorry that my life is in the mess. Oh, man, I hate that my life is in the mess. I'm sorrowful about this. But they're not turning to God, repenting so that, and turning from the way so God can change that. Okay? Now, that's just not for the unregenerated spirit person. That's not just for the unbeliever, unsaved here. This is for all of us. We get saved and we're sorry for our sins and we truly repent. We turn to God. But in our walk with God, we do, we do find ourselves sinning. Hi, my name's Tony and I'm a sinner. Y'all supposed to say, hello, Tony. I'm a sinner. Okay? I try not to willfully sin. There's a, I want to say there's a difference. There's, you know, there's that one that I willfully sin, and then there's that sin that's just part of my nature that I have to fight. And so, But either way, I have to repent. If I don't repent, then it takes an effect on me. right? But there's that part that says, hey, when I turn to God, it leads to salvation. There's no regret. It's not just being sorry I got caught. It's sorry that I've hurt you. And when you get to a place that when you sin, you're sorry that you hurt Jesus, you're getting somewhere in your relationship with Christ. I know I'm doing some teaching and less preaching here, but this is, this is expository. 
We have to understand this. We don't want to miss it. Paul, Peter gets up and preaches and answers the question, what does this mean? Now what do we do? And the first thing we all need to do is we need to, say it with me, repent. Now he's talking to people who are unsaved at this point. I get it. But even Christians, we need to repent. We need to repent. Daily, we need to confess our sins to Christ. Humble ourselves. The second thing Peter says everyone needs to do is walk in obedience. Well, I don't see that, Pastor. Sure, it's right there. Peter replied, repent and be baptized. Do you know what the first obedient thing you're supposed to do after salvation? The first thing, according to Scripture, is you're supposed to be water baptized. It's amazing how many Christians today aren't, aren't water baptized. But listen, right there it says the first step of obedience after salvation is going and being baptized in water. Obedience is so critical because obedience, what does that do? It opens up the blessings of God in your life. You want blessings? Walk in obedience. Get to the Word. Do what the Word says. And I'm going to tell you, you can't do that without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. He's getting there. He's getting there. He says, repent and then walk in obedience. The first thing you have to do is be baptized, but you have to continue to walk in obedience. Because why? Obedience opens up the door for God to bring blessings in your life. You want to experience God's blessings? Walk in obedience to, your, to His Word. Well, what's so important about baptism? It doesn't save you. But when you're baptized, what you're saying is that the old life is gone. That's what water baptism is. The old life is gone. The old is gone and the new has come. I'm now a new creature through Christ Jesus. And it's a testimony to you... It's a humbling to you because why? You have to submit yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ, to His Lordship, and now you're going before family and friends. It is a humbling, but it's also a testimony that you're no longer who you were. What did Paul tell the Corinthians about their sin? About all that list of sin, the gossip, uh, the homosexuality, the adultery, uh, the fornication, uh, the lying, all this stuff. And he called some of it witchcraft. He said, but that's who you were. It's not who you are anymore. And that's what water baptism says. It says to the world, it says to your family, it says to you that I am no longer that person. You've turned from your old life, your old way of thinking, and now you've turned to Jesus. And your purpose, your reason for living has changed. And it's a public profession of that to everybody around you. It doesn't save you, but it is important. So important that when 3,000 people are saved, it tells us right there uh, later on that they're, they're all baptized that day. They didn't wait. In the old days, the church, when someone got saved on a Sunday, you know, you went and took them down the creek and you dunked them. You held them under as long as you could hold them under. Make sure the change took place, right? Come on, we know. It's like the old drunk guy. They're having a baptism down the river, and this drunk guy come up, and uh, the, walked out in the water, and the pastor says, you want to be, you, you, have you, uh, oh, how did he say it? I'll go, uh, uh, have you found Jesus? Thank you. Have found Jesus? He says, I, I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know. And the pastor dunked him. He says, have you found Jesus? Come up. He goes, uh, no. What, what do you need? He dunked him again. He kept dunking. He finally comes. He says, are you sure you lost Jesus here? Because I haven't found him every time you throw me under. Dunk me under. All right? I butchered the joke, but you got the joke, right? I'm not a comedian, apparently. So um, anyhow. Matthew 28, 19 says this. Therefore, go. Jesus commanded, go and what? Make disciples, Right? baptizing them. It was a command. They were, anyone they reached, they were to, baptism was part of discipleship, right? Baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This was a command from Jesus. Not a request, but a command. And that's, like I said, that's what the early church would do. They would baptize them. I believe it's critical today. It's the first step of obedience. And here's the great news. If you've not been baptized in the water and you're saved, you can sign up today. We'll do you next Sunday. 
We'll, we'll baptize you next Sunday. You'll be part of our celebration service. I think we need to preach celebration service like we do when our team, thank God Alabama won yesterday. This would be a lot rougher message today. When our team wins, right? You know, finally on the last play, basically on the last play of the game, Alabama won a game on the last play of the game. Praise God. But you hear my point. We ought to be coming with banners. We're proud of you, guy. Go, guy. Whatever. We should be hooting and hollering and celebrating what God has done. It should be a celebration. I wrote this down. Obedient, optional Christianity is not Christianity. I know there's grace. Grace is there when we mess up. But we dare not walk in our relationship with Christ lightly thinking it's okay to mess up. That it's okay to disobey. Does this make sense? Optional obedience. Optional obedience. Well, optional obedient Christianity is not Christianity at all. Everyone needs to repent. Everyone needs to walk in obedience. And, and the third thing he says is everybody needs the Holy Spirit. Verse 38 again. Peter replied, repent. Everybody needs to repent. Be baptized. Everybody needs to be baptized. There and now. Every one of you. No, one, no one's left out in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for, for all whom the Lord God will call. Everyone can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I, I thank church that we, and I'm speaking for us and other churches. There again, it's just my observation. We're so worried that people are going to see us as freaky, weird. And let's be honest, it is kind of weird. If you've never been exposed to it. I was raised in it. It's normal to me. I raised in a day where, where ladies, when their buns would, I mean, would walk and talk in the, in the spirit and during service. I mean, it, you know, it, it, it's just something we grew up with. There's, not, there's nothing wrong with that. I think Paul gives us some great guidance, though, from uh, 1 Corinthians, how we ought to do that when we have people in our presence who are unbelievers. That's why he had to correct some things. I think we've got a good balance here in our church. But we do not want to suppress the baptism of the Holy Spirit because we're worried about running people off. The fact of the matter is, it is for everybody today. I think I've made that in the last couple of weeks, that, 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 that argument, if you, if you don't think it's for today. Otherwise, God is a liar in Joel. It's for the last days until he returns. That great and glorious day of the Lord talks about it. So we need it. And so we have folks in our church and in the Pentecostal churches today that one side doesn't want to be a part of it for whatever reason. Maybe because you've been hurt by it. Church hurt is real. There's been people who have abused Abused it, their authority in, in the gifts. See, but I'm, I'm telling you, we've got to come back to the middle where we understand it's for today, but the purpose for it today is so that we can be witnesses. Listen, if you don't think I'm for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you don't know me. I'm for the gifts. I'm for the gifts. But the purpose of giving it was for us to be witnesses. Then the gifts are to be used within the body for edification. Can those gifts be used in the, in, in, out there in the, in, the, in the workplace? Absolutely. All but tongues. 
That's Paul. All but tongues. You can use the gift of faith, praying for somebody. The gift of miracles, why wouldn't you want the gift of miracles if a co-worker is sick? Even if they're unsaved, right? Why? Because that is, is, is the signs and wonders that God wants to do that points them to Christ. The Holy Spirit wants to do that so it points them to Christ. Am, am I making sense? I'm, little, I, I'm not sure if I'm making sense here or not. I'm not suppressing the, the gifts. But the first and foremost is you're a witness. And you're empowered to live your life for Christ. You're empowered to tell the truth of the gospel of love. You are supposed to be laying hands on people and even being healed. You are supposed to be casting demons out when there's demon activity. Did you hear what I'm saying? You are supposed, but you have to be careful when you approach the unsaved about, well, listen, I want to cast a demon out of you. Well, what does that mean? I'm kind of getting off my notes here, but I just feel like we have to get that understanding. I want everyone baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want everyone having their prayer language. Because that's where the spiritual battles fought. And yes, for our body to be complete, I want everybody to have a, a gift that is put on demonstration for the edification of the body, for the glory of God. So it makes sense. They're not just for here, but we have to be mindful of how we use them. Peter says this is a promise. One thing I know without a doubt that God keeps His promises. Say it again. God keeps His promises. And Peter made it very clear right here as the worship team comes back up. He keeps His promises. If God promised that He will fill you with the Holy Spirit, then He will fill you with the Holy Spirit and with power. Why? Because this goes all the way back to the first two weeks of this series. He wants you to be a witness. And I know right now that some of you have been seeking the Holy Spirit and it hasn't happened yet. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop seeking. I don't know why it hasn't happened for you. I don't know why. You know what? The, re the reality of it is it may not be meant to happen in the church. If the church is the only place you're seeking on Sunday mornings, then, then don't stop seeking on Sunday mornings, but start seeking on Monday morning. How about Monday at noon? How about going down the road in your truck while you're at work and let the Holy Spirit move upon you? It happens. I wondered this morning, how many were baptized in the Holy Spirit and it, what didn't take place in a church service. Anybody? Go ahead, raise your hands high. Praise God. I'm okay with that. How many were baptized in the Holy Spirit in a church service? A little bit more, but not by much. Just keep, keep, keep seeking. Because we need the power to live the life He intends for us to live. We need the power to be transformed into the image of Jesus. We need the power to be witnesses He has commanded us to be. And this is how I'm going to close. And then we're going to open up the altars. And we're going to have some time of worship. Just to rehash my points. Repentance is for today. And it's for the unbeliever to be saved. But it's also for the believer to be made whole. So that God can use you. It is for everybody. For everybody. Obedience is for everyone. Obedience begins by water baptism. I already said, if you've not been baptized in water, you are walking in disobedience to the Word of God. And that limits you for the blessings of God. What are those blessings? It might be you invite someone who's unsaved to see you baptized. And because they see that, who knows what God will do in their life. That's a blessing. It only begins. And obedience begins, I believe, with water baptism. You need to walk in the full obedience to the Word of God. Thirdly, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for everyone. And I want to encourage you to start asking God for it. I don't want you to seek tongues. 
I don't want you to pray, God, give me tongues, give me tongues. That's the wrong way to pray. Say, it's simply, God, you promised me empowerment. I want to be a better witness. I want to be a better child of God. I, I, I want, Lord, I want to be transformed. That's my prayer every day. God, fill me again. That mean, Pastor, you're seeking tongues every day? No. I'm promising some days I do. If I feel led to. As I'm praying. But the big thing is, God, help me be a witness. Help me be, and really more than that, I pray it this way. God, I know I'm not even close to being like Jesus. But you've commanded me to be like Jesus. Help me today. I don't know what I'm going to face. But Lord, I know the enemy is going to want to trip me up. I know my flesh is going to want to have its way. I'm not going to beat myself again. So, But I've got, to beat my, I've got to beat my body black and blue to the submission of your word, your will, God. Help me today. The Holy Spirit comes upon me and empowers me. He does it when I'm reading his word. It's not just about speaking in tongues. But I want you to have the tongue. I want you to have your prayer language. And whatever other gifts the Holy Spirit wants for you. We need people who have the gift of healing in our church. I keep praying, Lord, give me that gift. I want to lay hands on people and then be healed. I'm not going to quite quit trying. We need someone that has the gift of miracles. Someone needs a financial miracle that you can pray in God. Whatever gift is needed at the time is what you should pray for. You can have all the gifts. At, all of them. Look at the results of the Spirit-empowered Peter. Who witnessed to this large crowd? Remember the Peter who who couldn't who couldn't give a witness to the girl at the fire. He three night three times fifty days before this he denied Christ, right? But now empowered, the first thing he does when he's been empowered by the Holy Spirit after speaking in tongues, he comes out and they they're all singing praise to God. And he comes out and gives them the answer. What does this mean? This is what it means. What do we do? This is what you do. It's a simple message. This is, repent. Be baptized. Be empowered. Acts chapter 2 verse 40. With many word, other words, he warned them. Just like Jesus did. What did he warn them about? We're not sure. But I guarantee he warned them about the, warned them about the end of the times. And he pleaded with them. About what? Please, because of this. You hear the message. This, this, is, this is God. Please, you need to be saved. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Church, what are we going to do with 3,000 people? Woo! You know what? I don't want to say this is bad as a pastor. I'd be satisfied with 1,000 or 100. You know what? I wouldn't be satisfied, but I'd be thrilled if we just had one or two people saved in our service today. Whoever, let me put it another way. I would be more than pleased to whoever was here this morning who was unsaved were saved today in our service. How many may be here? That's the plan. 3,000 were saved through Peter's witness. That's a revival. Amen. God wants to do the same through each and every one of us. He wants you to be a minister to the people at work, at the ball field, at the dance studio. Wherever you may go, He wants you to be a witness. He wants to use you by sharing your faith. You, have, you need to share what God has done for you. He wants you to, you to have the empowerment so that you could do and be like Peter. And the good news is, He's promised that gift to you. So today we're going to close this way. 
worship team's going to start off and talk about the lion and the lamb. It's powerful. He came as a lamb, but he's coming second time like a lion. He came gentle, humble, gave of himself, became the ultimate sacrifice for sin. Chapter 6 of Revelation describes him as a lamb that has been slain. And that's exactly who he is and what happened. But when he comes back, he ain't going to be kind and gentle. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And this morning, if he's not your king and he's not your Lord, if you would like to receive him as such, to have your name written in the Lamb's book of life, so that when that trumpet sounds, you go with the church at the rapture, not left behind. If that's you this morning, hear me. You've heard the message. It's simple. All you have to do is come and repent. Do I need to come to the altar? I would love for you to. Because I want to pray with you. I've got people who want to pray with you. And help you in your walk. If I know that you give your heart to Jesus today, I'm going to follow up with you. And see how you're doing. Because it's not just about getting you saved. It's about discipling you and help you in this walk. If that's you this morning, would you please come and let us pray for you? I want to introduce you to Jesus. I want to introduce you to Jesus today if that's you. You may, you may be here this morning, have done it before. You may even be water baptized, but you know you've walked away from your relationship with Christ. You want to renew it today. These altars are open. I'm going to give you just a moment, and then I'm going to open it up for other things. But this, I'm not trying to throw a wide cast net, but the Holy Spirit's here today. He wants to work. The first thing He wants to do is save people. That's what's important today. If that's you today. Would you please come? Let my prayer team pray with you this morning. then this is what we're going to do. If you're here this morning, you've heard the message, and you are not empowered by the Holy Spirit, and you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, I didn't do it last week. The Holy Spirit said that that wasn't the time. Now's the time. If that's you this morning, and you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, I believe with myself and my prayer team, pray for you. You're going to be empowered to be the witness that you've always wanted to be. And God's going to give you empowerment and the words to say to that person he's laying on your heart right now who's unsaved. Salvation's in the balance. Who's going to send, who's going to send the message if it's not you? Who's going to work the miracle if not you? God does it through you. Look in the New Testament. Look in the Old Testament. God always works through a person. Parting of the Red Sea. Moses touched the water. Raising the axe head out of the water. The prophet had a fire from heaven. Mount Carmel. Isaiah. No, Isaiah, excuse me. Uh, Elijah. He had to build. He had to do something. He had to call it. That's you this morning. What are you waiting on? Will you come? Will you come? Come this morning and let's pray together and believe God to empower you with the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid. We're not going to shake you. We're not going to push you over. We're not going to tell you to repeat after me. I'm just going to pray empowerment and let the Holy Spirit do the rest today. Anybody at all, come. Start worshiping, please, team. Anybody at all. joining our podcast. Here at Bear Creek AG, our goal is to help others know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Have a great week.